was just another part of the experience of being in this country. And we had gotten into the habit, we were now in July, this is in July, and we had gotten into the habit of getting up at around 4 o'clock or 4.30 in the morning so that we could avoid the Turkish heat because it was so hot by the time it was 10 o'clock that we knew we had to finish walking by 10. So we were in the habit of getting up around 4 and starting to walk very quickly, trying to arrive to the next destination. Well, on one such morning, we were had just walked for about an hour, hour and a half. We didn't really have any breakfast because nothing was open at that time. And we said, let's stop at the first thing that we see that's open and grab a bite to eat and take a rest. It happened to be a gas station. And it was a Shell gas station. It's like, oh, Shell. It's like, you know, the Camino. We'll think that's a good sign. Let's go and find if the seabed they're open and let's see what they have. And as we're walking in, um, it's very quiet. There's only one gentleman sitting on a white plastic chair at the entrance of the little store attached to the, to the grass station, and a dog that is at its feet. And that dog was a, I think it was a beagle. It wasn't very big. It was, it only had patches of hair on it. It didn't have a full coat of hair. And the skin that was there that you could see very clearly had some scabs and some parts that were still bleeding a little and I thought ooh uh, that's probably one of those strays I don't think that's the owner and so I thought well I'm just gonna take the long way around this dog and just come into the store and the dog the whole time was just kinda looking at us it was very furtive very nervous and just kept very, you know, very small. It kept itself very small. So we went in. We bought when, we, you know, the only thing we could at that time, which was some peas and some juice, and that was really our breakfast. And so we took him out and just started walking away. We were just walking away, and it was a part of the road that was still kind of forested. It wasn't a very busy road at that point. And we happened to glance back, and we see that the dog was walking behind us, but still very, you know, very nervous looking. And we thought, you know, we just said, shoot, <laughs> go back. You know, if we don't need a dog walking with us, just go back. But it kind of walked, ran away a little bit, but then kept coming back. And we kept walking, and it kept coming, following us. And we thought, that's not good. You know, it seems like a beautiful, romantic idea, you know, walking, you know, two pilgrims with a dog. It seems beautiful, but it's not, because we knew we were going to be on the open road. And we're not on paths, we're not on trail, and that dog is a danger to itself as much as it is to us and to the drivers. And so we're trying to shoot it away and nothing is happening. We thought, okay, well, just leave it alone. It will figure itself out. And when we turned around to kind of glance at one point, we saw that it was eating um, excrement is the probably the more polite word. And we thought, oh, that is, that's beyond disgusting we can't just let that so we kept saying come on come on come on and she wouldn't she was just still nervously looking at us okay take out the cookies that's the only thing that we had so we took out the cookies and we said come on just trying to entice it over with a cookie come on come on get the cookie get the cookie so eventually she came over and we're speaking to her in English thinking of course she understands us you know it's a Turkish dog she understands what we're saying we're holding out the, the cookies and she eventually Again, very small, very nervous, you know, the tail tucked between its legs and she reaches out very gently and she takes the cookie and then she just, she eats the cookie and she, the whole time she's looking at us, looking at us. So she ate the one cookie and then we said, okay, let's give her another cookie. So we gave her another cookie, we added that as well and she kept eating. Hello Dale, I just want to officially welcome you to, to the call. 
Thank you. I was uh, you trying to. I was trying to get you on my iPad. I think that's the problem I was having. Okay. Well, it's so nice to have you here. Thank you for joining. So we enticed this uh, stray dog that uh, we had. So it found us uh, with some cookies to stop eating the excrement and come eat the cookies and it did and it was delighted and it started wagging its tail and we thought okay well it's not eating that anymore so let's just you know now shoot again shoot shoot and it wouldn't and so we thought well, we can't keep delaying our time you know it's getting hotter with every minute that we're spending here let's just get onto the main road that we have to get to and I'm sure it, the roads and the traffic will scare her off and so that's what we did. We headed straight to we headed straight to the main road that we needed to get to. We started walking. It was a fast two-lane road. It was a main road connecting two towns that we needed to get to. We're walking on the side of the road, and there's a big field between um, on, on one side of us. And the dog in the beginning actually stayed in between us. It was trying to stay in between us. We kept thinking, this is ridiculous. There's no way to get rid of this dog. And then when the traffic came, we thought, okay, this is definitely going to scare her. And it did for a while. She went out into the field. She went to the field, we kept walking on the road, but she kept us within eye shot. And she stayed with us, walking the whole way. And as we were walking, and this, as the sun was beating down on us, we were thinking, oh, it's getting really hot. That poor dog, it was now, it was frothing at the mouth, it was, its tongue was hanging out, and we thought, well, now what do we do? Um, we only had two bottles of water between us, you know, those little tiny bottles, the 500 mils, or whatever you call them, the little ones. And so it's our precious reserves, and we don't know what there is between now and what's waiting for us. And we still have a good 20 kilometers to go. So we thought, okay, um, we have, we can't just let it suffer here. So I opened up my bottle of water, and I just let her drink from my bottle of water, leaving us just one bottle between Alberto and I to, to do with us until we got to where we needed to get. And that poor thing just lapped it up, just lapped it up, lapped it up, lapped it up. And of course now. We had between the cookies and the water, we had a loyal friend. There was no way he was leaving us now. Um, so we decided, well, there's no way to get rid of her. We might as well just let her kind of tag along. We can't be responsible for her. She obviously is a smart dog because she knows when to get off the road. She knows how to avoid traffic. She knows how to look after herself. So I was like, okay, um, she's just another pilgrim dog that's going to join us. And we decided to give her a name. You know, she was our pilgrim dog now. And we decided, Enconda is the Spanish word for shell, which is where we had found her at the Shell gas station. Hmm. Sorry, to Concha. <laughs> and so Concha joined us the, the first day. And the first day, it wasn't so bad uh, because when we arrived at the town, it happened to be a town where there was nowhere to sleep. But there was a big arm along the beach, and that's what we did. And so that wasn't a problem. We got there. Um, we got a lot of strange looks because people were very nervous, understandably, around a dog that had you know scabs and things like this. But what we did that night, because we were at the beach, we kind of enticed her into the water. So she was in the water. She was frolicking in the water a little bit, and she got cleaned off a little so she looked a little bit more kind of presentable and she was coming closer to us she was kind of you know rubbing herself against our legs and I was still nervous to touch her you know I didn't want they didn't know what this dog had and so she was coming closer and I could feel that she wanted kind of to be touched and and I simply I, I couldn't do it that first day and so I the first day went okay the second day we hit the road again and our next stop we ended up being 
at a campsite. But this campsite, they had cabins. And as soon as the owner saw uh, the dog that we had, and the guest started kind of looking at this dog, he said, I'm really sorry, but you know, this dog can't stay. And we said, hey, we'd love for you to take care of us. It's not our dog. She just found us. And he said, well, you know, strays are very common here. Um, I'm sure she's a very intelligent dog. If you want, I can take her and drive her away so that um, she won't be with you anymore. And would you believe Alberto and I just stopped and thought, well, let me think about that for a minute. Um, there was something, even though it would only been a day, like two days of walking with this dog, a strange kind of relationship and bond had formed with that dog and this stray that just seemed to have such will and we thought well let me think about it and then you know Albert and I talked about it it's like you know it's kind of neat having this dog with us because she obviously doesn't need us she can take care of herself but it's a she can't because you know we're gonna run into this every place that we stop at every place we sleep they're going to say to us this dog is not allowed and so we said to the gentleman okay um, go ahead drive drive her off and it's like a scene out of a movie. It was so heartbreaking. You know, we, he enticed her in with some cookies into the back seat. She got into the back seat. She was very obedient. She went into the back and she sat in the back and she looked up over, you know, the back seat and she was looking at us and those big eyes are looking at us and she's confused and we're like going, are we doing the right thing? It's like, yes, we're doing the right thing. And he drove her away. He drove her away. And we sat kind of for a while reflecting if okay we know we've done the right thing but boy this was this was a hard decision to make and we sit for a while the owner returns the place the owner of the place returns from his car and he sees kind of our angst and he says don't worry she's going to be okay she's obviously a very you know a very capable little dog we said okay and we just sat and we're doing whatever we were doing and we were I'd say about an hour an hour later we look up down the road there and that dog, was Concha, was racing towards us. She was like a little bullet running towards us. And we were all just, what? How did she find us? And the owner just looked at her in shock and said, how did she find us? I drove her like miles and miles away to a field like very far away from here. She could not have possibly found you, but this dog obviously did. But of course, from that time on, she was very, even more nervous. She was even more attached. Every time we moved, she was crying. Like, oh my God, what have we done here? What have we created? Um, and there was actually one point where she was, I, I, I've never owned pets. And so it, it appeared to me that she was almost indignant. On the one hand, she was, uh, you know, a little bit afraid and clingy. But on the other hand, she was uh, quite had that air of how dare you <laughs> to take me away how dare you have somebody take me away like this and she stayed with us that night and um, on the beach the owner let her run up and down the beach and we had a conversation with him and he said and we all agreed like this is just can't happen um, and he said to us okay what's it how are we going to do this we looked at our map and we saw that there was a ferry crossing that we had to make to be able to cross over to continue our walk and it was about maybe 20 kilometers away and he said, uh, we said, the only way that we can do this is to outrun her. There's no way we can outrun this dog, who's obviously very intelligent. Um, we're going to have to take a bus 
to get to the ferry as quickly as we can and then take a ferry across because there's no way she can follow us that way. And he said to us, okay, the first bus is whatever, at 5.30 in the morning. We decided, okay, we're going to do that. We're going to just leave her, um, leave her there and let her fend for herself. And at 5.30 that morning, we got up. We packed up as quickly as we could, and we raced as far as our you know backpacks could carry us all the way to the top of the road, got the road. But before we left, we kind of looked around to see if we could find her, and we saw her. She was running on the beach, up and down the beach, playing with some other dogs that she had found, being chased, and looking so happy. And we thought, perfect. This is exactly how we wanted to leave her. So we raced to the bus. The bus came almost immediately. We took the bus, got to the ferry. It was within half an hour we were on that ferry, and we crossed the ferry to uh, our next destination to continue our walking. And Concha, um, we don't know what happened to Concha. We imagine that she continued to live well and to be the survivor that she was. And the last image that we have of her is of that little dog just running up and down and totally free and totally happy on that beach in Turkey. So this is uh, this is my dog story, Concha, our pilgrim dog, that we think of occasionally. Thanks for listening. So, who here has a story to tell? Who has a dog story that they want to, or any kind of a an animal experience that they want to share? No one. Okay. Well, while we you're thinking about it, I'm going to check because I do believe we have one more person who is trying to join us. I'm just going to take one quick look. Oh, this is everyone. Okay, I thought I heard someone. Alrighty. Um, does anybody have a story that they want to tell? Well, it's not really a story, but um, uh, walking in, in sort of rural or urban areas, um, uh, I come across a lot of pets, and frequently I'll find that when I'm walking along the river, uh, a dog that belongs to somebody, but the, the owner is quite happy to let the dog roam around. And I, I've owned had dogs in the past, so I, I uh, there's a, a rapport develops very quickly. Uh, with, uh, with the animal, and they walk with me all the way out to one end of town, and then <laughs> take off and come back, and you know, they seem quite happy. And I've even had the same thing with cats. It's just uh, they uh, they warm up, they recognize you. They're looking for uh, something friendly, uh, unthreatening, and they like to play. And uh, that's usually how I approach a, a pet. Is that uh, uh, by and large uh, they are uh, friendly. Yeah, yeah. Not too often come across one that's uh, ill, like rabid almost. Yes. Yeah, it's funny because on the I know that on the Camino, those of us who walked, uh, you know, many years ago, uh, the only book that was available back then was uh, Shirley MacLaine's book, My Camino. Yes. And anyone who's read that book <laughs> got yes, a terror yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before they even got to the Camino of the experience of the rabid dogs in Ponce Vedon. <laughs> So uh, I had that same terror. I had that same fear uh, when I arrived, and it wasn't even my fear; it was hers. And uh, and there were no rabid dogs. There were, you know, of course there were dogs that are loose on the Camino even then, uh, but certainly nothing like she had described. So, <laughs> so for those who are going on the Camino, uh, you know, it's okay. It's going to be okay. There's, you know, you're not going to find rabid dogs running around wild in packs and you know anywhere along the Camino. Really, it's it's a very safe place. Laurie, is there anything that you wanted to to share? Well, Moni, um, I walked the last part of the Camino Portuguese, and I did hear a lot of dogs barking in the background at one point, and they sounded like a wild pack of dogs. Yeah. Um, but I did pass through a lot of small farms, and most of them had watchdogs that were either tied up to a rope um, 
or they were just fenced in. And they were always like, you know, barking as I would walk by or running back and forth along the fence. And I could tell they just wanted to be out and free and either uh, attack me or play with me. <laughs> it's a fine line, eh? <laughs> yeah, right. But, um, and I love dogs. I have two dogs. And your story of rescuing that dog uh, or feeding that dog cookies and having a friend for life <laughs> reminds me of uh, when this dog came to our doorstep about almost nine years ago. Uh, she was frightened and uh, skinny and hungry, fed her sausage and cheese, and uh, we took her in. She didn't have an owner, uh, so we ended up rescuing this dog. Little did we know she had, she was pregnant and she had five puppies. So now we have five, <laughs> we had five puppies in our kitchen. We kept one of them just to, uh, so the mother would have company. Anyway, um, that's our rescue story. But along the Camino, I saw a lot of cattle and sheep and goats. And I would just like stop and just, I was mesmerized by these animals. These they were grazing and so happy and playing. I saw uh, this man herding goats, and there was little tiny uh, baby goats that were butting their heads together and running and romping in the grasses. It was the cutest thing. Love it. Yeah, so you gave me a really good idea. I think I'm going to have a blog post where I have all of my uh, pictures of animals and nice. videos of them in one post because I did encounter a lot pretty much every day. Yeah, and you know, we forget that uh, along the Camino, a lot of the paths that people are walking are rural, and there are going to be, you know, farms and farmers who have their dogs as watchdogs. So it's not, you know, the Camino Frances, maybe not as much anymore, you know, because it's become so built up, uh, but other Caminos, I mean, there's no question, you're walking through farm country, and mm -hmm. the farmers have, you know, the animals that they need to, to protect their farms. So it's not an unusual thing. But I've also learned that if you approach them um, angrily, you will get something to reckon with and if you're just a little more calm like anything uh, if you're just more calm and you're just walking calm, calmly and you just don't give them any uh, reason to, to to be afraid then they're not going to be afraid because we had a lot of dogs bark at us too <laughs> on you know all the way to all the way from you know the Camino and onto Jerusalem and all that stuff so yeah it's not an unusual thing but I, I, that would be I think a very interesting post and I do have some pictures of Concha I will contribute I will contribute some of my pictures as well Oh, I'd love to see her. Okay. Um, well, Dale, would you, is there something that you would like to, to share with us? Well, I was just going to say, last year I did a Trans-American bicycle tour. So we went from coast to coast. And uh, the dogs in Kentucky were always a worry for us because they're uh, pretty vicious. Uh, a lot of the owners seem to use them to protect property. And... Um, what you said about, or one of you said about the sense of a dog kind of recognizing your uh, feelings toward them, uh, I kind of became the dog whisperer and people would get me, get between, get my bike and me between the dog and them because I never had problems with them. I seemed to was able to talk them down. So yeah, they, they kind of sense your feelings too. Yeah, I, I, I so appreciate that. By the way, I... I was always afraid of animals. 
uh, growing up. We never had animals in our home and I always had a fear of, because I didn't know them, I didn't understand their reactions, but I learned. I learned that they definitely, as you were saying, Gail, they can feel your attention. They can feel your fear and it became mm -hmm. real work for me to walk and be calm even though they were you know the dog was barking or whatever i would stay very calm i would just you know imagine that i'm sending it a lot of love all good here all good nothing to worry about not trying to hurt you so yeah they feel it they absolutely feel your energy all right. Well, you know what? Um, if no one else has anything to contribute, and I'll just check one last time to make sure we have no other people joining us today, I I want to thank you all for uh, sharing your stories of experiences with animals on your pilgrimage, and I look forward to seeing you next week where we'll choose another topic on this Pilgrim Story Hour. Have a great day, everybody, and buen camino. Thank you. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Thanks, Thanks for sharing with us. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you.